Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Tuesday, September 26th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. We've been feeling some heat here in Riverside today, folks, as our high is expected to reach 88.3 degrees, with a low of 83.7. Now onto the stories we'll be covering in today's episode. Top of the news, Congress is once again racing against the clock to fund the government, with a potential shutdown looming. How will this showdown impact you? Then, the tech world is buzzing as Cisco Systems' whopping $28 billion acquisition of Splunk has left market watchers speculating about a potential software acquisition spree among technology bigwigs. And finally, we shift our focus to former President Trump, who is juggling legal troubles and fresh controversies, all while maintaining a strong political standing amidst an indictment. Stay tuned, we've got in-depth analyses to get you up to speed. This and more coming up on Alex's News. We dive into today's top story, the impending deadline on September 30th for the U.S. Congress to fund the government. As tensions rise and the possibility of a shutdown looms, we are expecting significant developments in the immediate future. With me is our expert reporter, Elias, who has delved into this complex issue. Elias, tell us more about the current situation. You're absolutely right, Connie. As we approach the end of September, the clock is ticking for Congress to settle on a funding solution to avoid a government shutdown. The challenge is indeed exacerbated by divisions within the Republican Party, with factions divided and showing no concrete signs of uniting behind a stopgap funding bill. It struck me that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is trying to win over far-right Republicans with some big-ticket items. What's happening there? McCarthy is trying to rally support around four significant bills, notably including military and homeland security funding. However, his strategy is meeting some opposition within his own party, with certain members holding out for deeper budget cuts. Turning to the Democrats, what's their game plan? The Democratic-controlled Senate, on the other hand, is planning to vote on a bipartisan stopgap funding bill. This is an attempt to maintain federal government operations past the looming deadline. What should we expect if they fail to reach an agreement? The hurdle here is that if an agreement is not reached, hundreds of thousands of federal workers could face furloughs and various services could be suspended. Moody's has also warned of negative impacts on the country's credit rating. This clearly paints a bit of a grim picture, but let's go beyond the dry numbers. A government shutdown means federal employees out of work, services suspended. How far-reaching could these effects be? You're on point, Connie. This isn't a situation isolated to Capitol Hill. A shutdown could disrupt air travel, axe the training for air traffic controllers, and even lead to delays in data that's crucial for our economy. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg pointed out these factors in his recent statements. Past government shutdowns have caused permanent losses and disruptions, then shedding a grave light on the potential harm to federal employees and the economy at large. Elias, with a multitude of news sources such as Reuters, The Fiscal Times, CBS News, and more discussing this impending shutdown, 
it's clear that it's high on everyone's radar. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with as we continue to monitor this situation? Certainly, Connie. The challenges facing us are many, including conflicts within the Republican Party and the potential for major disruptions across sectors. All eyes are now on Congress to see whether they can avert a shutdown and navigate through this crisis. We'll be keeping our viewers updated as the story develops. Thanks much, Elias, for that comprehensive overview and in-depth analysis. As the clock ticks towards the September 30th deadline, we'll be sure to keep our viewers informed of any breakthroughs in this high-stakes situation. Moving on to our second story of the day, Cisco Systems has recently acquired cyber and data security firm Splunk in a hefty $28 billion deal. This move has initiated a flurry of conjecture surrounding prospective software deals among other tech leaders. Joining us to delve deeper into this story is our tech affairs reporter, Grace. Grace, it seems like there's been a strategic move in the technology sector. Could you break down the key elements of this story for our listeners? Absolutely, Connie. Subsequent to Cisco's Splunk acquisition, industry analysts have earmarked several software vendors like Elastic NV, Datadog, CrowdStrike Holdings, and Dynatrace as potential candidates for acquisition by other major players, such as Microsoft, Adobe, and Oracle. This is primarily due to these companies' focus on subscription-generated profit. Interesting. So it was Splunk's switch to a subscription-based model from software licensing that played a crucial role in this acquisition, correct? Spot on, Connie. This shift to a predictable subscription revenue model was indeed a significant driver in Cisco's decision to acquire Splunk, and other corporations are likely to follow this model because of its predictability. Now this comes at a time when tech deal activity has declined by 61% year-to-date in 2023, right? Yes, the drop in deal activity was quite significant. However, the silver lining is that due to these low valuations, software stocks have become more attractive for potential acquisitions. Alongside that, Federal Reserve's stance in interest rates has provided certainty around funding costs, making software firms more appealing prospects. So we're potentially looking at a software M&A revival? Possibly, yes. That being said, it's also important to note that private software companies that secured funding at high valuations back in 2021 might be more open to being bought out, especially in light of current circumstances. Expanding the scope a bit, where does this deal stand in the grand scheme of things, Grace? It's actually pretty monumental, Connie. At $28 billion, the Cisco Splunk deal stands as the third largest software acquisition of all time. Now that's bound to send some ripples through the industry. And how about Cisco's strategy? What role does this acquisition play in their larger game plan? Well, Cisco is systematically expanding its network observability, 
Connie. Following their preceding acquisitions of AppDynamics and Thousand Eyes, Cisco seems set on consolidating its portfolio. The integration of Splunk's various capabilities, from data analytics and security to ransomware tools, should deepen Cisco's defenses against security threats while accelerating their market share. So as a bottom line, this acquisition could potentially catalyze a new wave of software acquisitions? Exactly. Connie, while the entire sector has seen a decline in activities this year, this significant acquisition by Cisco might just turn the tide. Let's keep our eyes open and see how this story unfolds. As always, great reporting, Grace. We appreciate the deep dive into this complex story. Happy to help break it down, Connie. Moving to our last story of the day, former President Donald Trump was involved in a few newsworthy incidents lately while visiting South Carolina, including a stop at a gun shop and a boat manufacturer. Elias, our specialist correspondent, is here to elaborate. Elias. That's correct, Connie. Trump visited a gun shop in South Carolina where he expressed his intentions of picking up a Glock handgun. Unfortunately for him, he couldn't go through with his purchase due to legal restrictions tied to his current federal indictment. Can you explain for our listeners how his legal predicament impacts his attempt to purchase a firearm? Well, Connie, it's tied to a provision in the law that prohibits gun sales to individuals under felony indictment. Recently, There's been some controversy over this provision, especially in light of a recent Supreme Court decision that questioned the constitutionality of such a restriction. Much of the debate stems from different interpretations of the Second Amendment. So, an ongoing legal battle and restrictions on his ability to purchase firearms, but interestingly, Trump still leads the Republican primary. Do you see potential legal consequences impacting this lead? It's a valid concern, Connie. National polls suggest Trump's lead over his Republican counterpart, Ron DeSantis, has actually widened despite his indictment. In a prospective general election against President Joe Biden, he's only slightly behind. Quite interesting, Elias. Now, during Trump's South Carolina visit, he also opposed a Biden administration proposal. What's that about? He spoke out against a proposed rule to slow boat speeds on the East Coast. It's a move the Biden administration is considering to protect marine wildlife, but it's controversial, particularly among boating enthusiasts and others concerned about its potential economic impact. You mentioned Trump's disparaging remarks. He's been seen publicly criticizing various individuals and organizations recently. Could it lead to more backlash? Well, Trump has stated that various media organizations, including NBC and MSNBC, along with individuals like Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, were enemies of the people. His explicit demand for their resignations stirred controversy. He threatened to investigate Comcast, the parent company of these networks, if re-elected which was condemned for potential politicization of reporting by the Biden administration. A lot of moving parts in this story. Lastly, let's talk about Trump's visit to Michigan. What is the purpose of that trip? 
Trump plans to criticize President Biden's automotive policies during that visit. It's part of his ongoing efforts to rally support and maintain his political visibility, despite his legal battles. Always a complex narrative when Trump is involved. Thanks for breaking it down for us, Elias. My pleasure, Connie. Thanks for having me on. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Eleven Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.